Hello, everybody, and welcome. Hopefully, everybody can hear my fantastic voice today for Press Play. Today, we are building gaming ecosystems. As always, I am joined by a Gaspode. Gaspode, say hello. 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 <laughs> Sounding. <laughs> Sounding very excited today, Gaspode, what I love to hear. And obviously myself, George, as the host. Our guests today, we have got Gaming on Polygon. And I believe we have got Rain behind the account. And also we have a big papa from Polkastarter Gaming here, head of gaming, OG. So let's hand it over to Polygon first. If you can introduce yourself, please, and tell us a little bit about Polygon. Well, whilst we take a look at what is happening right there, we will throw it over to Big Papa OG to tell us a little bit about himself and Polkastarter. <laughs> um, I'm not sure it's going to sound as exciting as uh, what Ryan would have had to say. Um, yeah, no, thanks. Uh, <laughs> this is weird because it's on the other side for once. Um, yeah, my name is Omar, but um, a lot of people just call me OG because of the initials. Head of gaming at Polkastarter. Um, anyone that's obviously from the Pokestarter community, uh, I think we're already friends, so not much needed to say there, but for anyone that's tuning in for the first time, um, so Pokestarter is a Web3 fundraising platform, um, you know, raised over $50 million across 100 and I believe 10 different projects, um, but Pokestarter Gaming is kind of the gaming arm slash division, um, started that out December 2021. Um, and now grew it into what's become obviously the platform, Pokestarter.gg, but also all the social channels, um, you know, where we push out our content, whether it's through our written stuff or the video stuff that we put out on Twitch and, and YouTube. Um, but yeah, let me, let me try to see if I think the issue with the, the Polygon side is I'm trying to get Ryan up. So let me see if I can make that happen as well in the meantime. Fantastic. Hopefully we can have more people coming up to join and speak to us. So what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about something that is a big announcement coming for Polkastarter Gaming and in team and tandem with uh, Polygon and gaming on Polygon. So what we're going to do is whilst we sort out Polygon coming up here, we're going to throw it back to Omar for a just a brief hint and tease at what it is we will be focusing on throughout this spaces today yeah sure um i don't want to say too much uh there will be an announcement that's coming out a bit later uh but i did want to start off by saying um obviously you know we're, we're trying to get polygon up um i think it's crucial in our space especially uh that it's so new that we do indeed work on kind of building ecosystems more than like working in silos i think obviously polygon's done a great job at that um, there's many other names as well uh, that will kind of fit into that category. But I think it's so important to like build an ecosystem around the games and around you know the gamers within um, all of Web3 uh, rather than just have games trying to do 10 different things at the same time. Um, it's a lot more scalable um, and it's been at the center of everything that we've essentially tried to do uh, from the beginning of PokerStarter Gaming. 
And yeah, I mean the stuff the stuff that's being teased right now, I know everyone's trying to get me to talk about. Um but I'm not gonna say too much so that I don't give too much away. Uh I will shed some light on some of it. I think, you know, some people already have um ideas and some people have already replied with what they think it is. But uh, yeah, more on that later. Um just on sorry for the Polygon team listening in. I'm trying to bring both of you up. Let me know if you've received the invite. If not, um, I think you could just request to speak and then I can accept if that works instead. Hopefully everybody is enjoying this small moment of silence and uh, self-reflection. I have a loud grandfather clock here, so maybe we can listen to that whilst we attempt to bring the Polygon team up. Not sure if people can hear it. No, nah, I don't think anyone heard that. <laughs> you can keep moving on, so um, we can keep chatting while, while we try to bring the, the folks up. So we've seen a video today that labeled giveaways suck. What would your alternative be towards a giveaway? What sort of system would you be placing in there instead, Omar? Um, as much as I think it's semantics, to be honest, um, I do think for the sake of, let's just say, the conversation, um, that it's, it's kind of diluted um, over time in terms of how giveaways affect or positively, I'd say, impact uh, games. I mean, I think giveaways are great, don't get me wrong. Um, but I do think, I mean, it depends on the platform that you're doing it on. It depends on the nature of the giveaway. It depends on the tasks that you're asked to do within the giveaway. Um, but, you know, there's obviously a tendency. It's, it's, it's kind of quite obvious. Um, there's a tendency to bot these giveaways. They're usually very, very heavily botted. And obviously what that then leads to is kind of a... Again, I don't want to use uh, uh, big, big terms, but in terms of like the ROI of doing a giveaway, I think it doesn't really make sense for most games, especially starting off as like an indie studio, because what ends up happening is you allocate all of these resources, you know, you maybe give away a bunch of NFTs or maybe you, you put together a prize pool. And if the only like barrier to entry or the only requirement is to like follow a bunch of um, social handles, that's like stuff that's super easy to bot. Um, now, on the flip side, if you do too much or if you ask for too much um, and the process is a bit too hectic to get into, then that's also not necessarily super user friendly. So if you're like, you know, setting up a challenge or a tournament, yeah, you'll get entries. But like tournaments are typically where kind of the, the really good gamers, the tryhards and the sweats, um, I'd say, conquer the field and don't really leave much for everyone else. So I think the middle ground is basically putting a hurdle or like gatekeeping, essentially, um, the rewards that you're planning to give out to the community and having that kind of final step um, or the process or the mission or the challenge, having that being integral within the game without necessarily being like super vague and, and super easy to bot, right? So you could argue, yeah, sure, you could bot like an in-game action 
or an in-game activity. But the odds of that happening are obviously lower than just running something on, on social media. And even if um, that does happen, there's ways to figure it out, right? Like there's there's stuff that's just unnatural in video games. So I guess the, the, the path we're going on without giving too much away too soon, the path we're going on is kind of filling that gap in between where it's like we do want to incentivize players to play games and to reward them for their time and, you know, to give them more reasons to come back, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, we do want games to benefit from it by basically driving more gamers to the actual games themselves rather than just, you know, doing like a Gleam campaign or running something on Twitter or whatever it is. So I think that's that's kind of the vision, if I had to sum everything up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot more information that's going to come out over the course of the next 24 to 48 hours. I think you bring out some great points there. Um, I definitely think the idea of making sure that you're getting players rather than just clicks um, is really important. And it can help with games actually understanding what kind of community size they're dealing with, which can then help with assets and marketing and other aspects where they need to consider how likely it is that someone's going to get involved. One thing that I know Polygon will be talking about if they were here, and I know PGG is all about, is kind of building that ecosystem around the games. We often see like one or two games partner up and then they try and share um, like players. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't because it's more just um, partnered for the sake of it rather than actually having a, a combined goal. How can you see communities such as PGG kind of bridging that gap between multiple different games and actually helping to build that ecosystem? Great question. I just want to highlight as well. I think we finally managed to get um, Ryan up, so that's great. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we do that role or, or we kind of uh, fill that gap between different games by just building a community of gamers. I mean, I think there's no... It is true, like, sometimes you do have, like, the one game you always go to. I know it's, it's probably Dota for uh, George and, um, you know, for me, it's I think it's mostly been Call of Duty and, and FIFA in the past. Um, but gamers play so many different games, right? So it doesn't really make a a lot of sense to just try to segment them and only speak to them about one certain game. I mean, it's great. Every game can have its own community, but I think where we kind of come in and where all of the communities within the Web3 gaming space come in is to kind of fill that gap and basically tell gamers that there are a lot of options. There's a lot of genres. There's a lot of different titles. They can play stuff on mobile. They can stay, they can play stuff on, you know, PC. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's definitely a hard task because you're trying to cater to so many different, um, interests, but it's it's definitely the most rewarding because what you can then do is build a community from the ground up that's focused solely on one thing, which is playing games. Um, if a game declines or you know uh, falls in terms of popularity, or if a game isn't as as hot anymore, it doesn't really affect you as a community because you can always just you know leverage the other games within the network. So I think it goes back to the point of wanting to build ecosystems. Everything we've done on the platform side of things was never meant to focus on like one genre or one type of you know game or anything like that. It was meant to show you everything, kind of like a full roster of games. And then you as a gamer decide, right? So it's, it's kind of within your hands to figure out what game you're interested in, what you want to learn more on um, or more about, and then what you want to actually start tapping into and playing. So I think it's a, it's a big you know, role. It's something we um, have kind of aspired to do from the beginning, but you know, there's definitely tons of folks that do similar things. I like Xborg's approach, for example. They're kind of a lot more esports focused, um, but it's definitely a, a niche within the industry, right? You want the tryhards all in kind of one server, and then you want to send these tryhards to play different games. 
Um, and then obviously you can take a look back at like all the guilds and all the different communities and sub DAOs and so on. Um, some of them are focused on certain geographies, which I think is great. So, you know, if you've got, for example, Indy or um, Ola or uh, YGG Southeast Asia, for example, they, you know, they focus on one demographic, they speak the language, they localize content, which I think is great because it, you know, opens doors um, for a lot more gamers to come into the space if English is not their first language. Um, I think what we're taking is a bit more of a curation approach, um, slightly more focused on pushing out content that kind of on a, I'd say on average, be uh, much more accessible to a larger pool of people. And then just trying to work with the top games in the industry to then like showcase basically the best games in the space. And that's what we've done with the awards. That's what we're doing with the platform now. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea, building the community based on it being a community rather than being tied to just one game. I know I've had it in the past where I've had it that I've just not spoke to people anymore because we've abandoned the game and because we weren't a community outside of that game and the game was the thing holding us together, the decline of the game also led to the decline of the community. So building communities, bonds and friends outside of it is probably the best way to stay in touch regardless of what happens to the game you meet on. But it does look like we have got Ryan up here. So I will throw it over for a quick introduction of yourself and a brief intro about Polygon. Hello. Okay, I'm here. Um, all the technical difficulties are gone. Um, first, thank you for having me. Um, excited to be here. Excited to finally um, get my phone working. Um, I'm Ryan, and I'm on the business development team here at Polygon Labs, really advising and onboarding, you know, the best game developers in the world across Web 2 and Web 3, helping them get on chain. Um, quick intro about me. Um, my gaming career started within the hyper-casual mobile game space, really focus on the ad tech side, um, user acquisition, monetization methods for games. And my first real Web3 experience was initially at Sky Mavis on the Axie Infinity team, helping bring to market the free-to-play game Origin. And then now, of course, at Polygon, we are an Ethereum scaling solution, and we are focused on you know, building bespoke commercial strategies with game partners and ecosystem solutions like wallets and marketplaces and tooling that really just help further facilitate Web3 adoption and get as many gamers um, and consumers alike, um, you know, on Polygon and interacting with crypto and Web3. That all sounds fantastic. It sounds like you've had a fantastic career leading up to this point on Polygon as well. So I'm going to throw over my first question to yourself. Of uh, How does Polygon facilitate gaming? We see the tag has now changed to gaming on Polygon. And what benefits do you see from the games being specifically on Polygon opposed to any rival um, or alter ulterior solution? Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. Um, you kind of touched on it before, um, you know, community is really at the heart of gaming and attracting and building communities is really important. And for Polygon, that absolutely is the case. Um, in the past year, we've, of course, had success attracting the likes of major brands, um, fashion, consumer retail, finance. But gaming has really been at our core. And a lot of our team, particularly our executive team, comes from, you know, YouTube and Amazon and EA and Riot. And so I think we innately understand the challenges that a lot of game developers face in Web 2. And now we're helping them kind of navigate this unknown world, which is Web 3. And for us, um, you know, back to building out the ecosystem, like 
any blockchain ecosystem, it's all about the flywheel and it's having a bunch of, you know, reliable partners, whether you are infrastructure or tooling or you are a big brand to kind of reach out to and collaborate with. And so I think for game developers that are considering Polygon, that is the the real value proposition outside of our team is just knowing that you're part of this really awesome community that's all building together and, you know, figuring it out um, at the same time. Oh. Ah, there we go. It's letting me unmute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you've got quite a decent grasp and good answers for all of that there. And it does explain it quite well. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. But now we're going to just throw over to OG and we're trying to be vague about what we've got coming up. Um, and it's got obviously something is going to be between Polkstarter and Polygon, I'm trying to rephrase my questions as I go to be vague. -er. But OG, what type of work is coming forwards with Polygon in the vaguest way, but most detailed way you can provide for us? <laughs> um, no, I think, I mean, we've, we've had a great relationship with the Polygon team uh, from the beginning. It goes way back, obviously, with Trey and Irv um, on the studio side. Um, now, obviously, focused on gaming. It's It's not anything that you wouldn't expect to happen as like a, a natural progression of that relationship. I think, you know, we, we've strived to push games that we're struggling to figure out the Web3 infrastructure side of things, um, obviously to Polygon as an ecosystem partner to then kind of help them figure that stuff out. Um, Polygon's done the same in the past where games that were looking for content or were looking for, you know, more user acquisition, um, they'd send over to our side and we'd help them with some campaigns. So it's, it's really just been ongoing for quite some time behind the scenes. I think this is kind of the maybe one of the first, it's not really the first because we did the awards together as well, but it's one of the first public, let's say, um, collaborations. It's, let's just say in the most vague way possible, but still trying to be as specific as possible, um, it's going to open up a lot of doors for games that are building on Polygon um, to leverage the tech that we've built, um, which, you know, if you were paying attention earlier, uh, when I was trying to also be vague and specific at the same time, is focused on kind of driving more value to the games um, without necessarily having to sacrifice uh, the quality of the users that they acquire, right? So trying to actually get you gamers rather than just getting you people that can fill forms, trying to get you people that will actually try out the game and spend 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes of their time completing a challenge rather than just, you know, liking a tweet or retweeting something. So I think it, it definitely opens up doors um, for a lot of the games and, you know, we're always welcoming more games to work with us in, in kind of upcoming campaigns or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think on the flip side, it definitely helps us as well because, you know, you've got all these incredible games that are building on Polygon. It's a you know huge portfolio. So being able to tap into that, I think, um, helps us as well because the more feedback we get, the more games we work with, the better, you know, the overall experience is and the more we can kind of, you know, provide uh, a fun UX as well for, um, the gamers that get involved so yeah as vague as possible but as specific as possible um, it's super exciting it's been in the books for a while it was bound to happen uh, but now it's coming to life very very soon all very exciting and very vague love it um just to switch back over to polygon and maybe we'll get some more answers with details in them um in terms of the games og's just been touching on the kind of wide portfolio that you actually have in polygon how are Polygon looking to kind of curate in any way the kind of quality of games that are on the chain to try and help build the 
better reputation for Web3 gaming, considering some of the stuff that we've seen in the past, which has kind of tarnished the the name of Web3 gaming? Sure. So I'd say we definitely hold ourselves, you know, to a high standard and look for a level of quality in both the teams and the projects that ultimately um, that we partner with and onboard. But I think more than anything, and what makes it really exciting and, you know, working with like your team, for example, is that we're really empowering channel partners. And that includes, you know, marketplaces and the middleware and the growth teams and the guilds, um, UA platforms, et cetera, to really help attract and assist in servicing the needs of developers. Like we are, our role is to be a decentralized blockchain. We're not really gaming publishers and we can't do a lot of it ourselves. And I mean, it takes so much time and effort um, and, you know, people resources to bring some of these awesome games to market. And so we really value the support of our ecosystem to, you know, help it help. Um, It's all about community and Web3 and, you know, really drive um, the next iteration of gaming that is in Web3. Excellent. Yeah, there's some great points to make sure he drive it forwards and bring gaming forwards to the place it needs to be whilst also understanding that, yeah, you are not game publishers. You're just a place that games are coming to and they need your chain as a solution for an issue they have and to create the stuff and the backbone they need behind their game. When it comes to working with these Web3 games that have chosen to not go the traditional route of going a Web2 route, which some could say is an easier route to market, what have been the the biggest struggles and challenges that you've encountered from the games? What, what have they told you has been their biggest struggle from deciding we're going to be a Web3 game instead of just sticking to the traditional Web2? Ooh, good question. I think there's so much there and it really depends on the type of partner that you're talking to. You know, on one hand, I think there still is this misperception or association of blockchain gaming with just, you know, attracting speculators and not really being built for the real 3 billion gamers that exist. And so I think some of that is just the education that to be a Web3 game, you can like, abstract a lot of the blockchain elements. The blockchain doesn't necessarily have to be the core focus um, in your branding and messaging and all of that. And so I think that's historically, uh, maybe not as much currently, but still certainly um, with some of the Web2 players, they just you know want to make sure that they're not kind of selling out, so to speak. But I think also um, it really is just the onboarding, um, having or ensuring that it is a pretty seamless experience. And then so much of the focus, I'd say, in the past year, two years for gaming has really just been on, you know, developing core game loops and the creative and actually funding it, getting it to market. And I think in the next year, two years, we'll start to see a lot of growth challenges come into play. I think a lot of the developers that we talk to Um, They've just been heads down focused on building and don't necessarily understand how important things like UA and ARPU and just general performance marketing are. And as more and more games get to market, there's just going to be a lot of content out there and how you're able to attract gamers and sustain them is really going to be um, and it's already started to be a key question that I'm getting from a lot of the partners that I work with. That's a great answer, and you kind of segue nicely into my next question for OG around kind of attracting players. How can a system to encourage players to try different games work in a way without becoming the old 
Discord whitelist grind that we see, because right now there is starting to be quite a large number of games people could choose from, so making sure people find yours is kind of key. So what is there that people could be doing to achieve that? Yeah, great question. Um, I think it's basically our job to curate the top games, and then um, I think the feedback that we get from the gamers is, is kind of the indication that we need um, about the potential, you know, success or like you could you could think a certain game is great, but then you could also just put it out and let people test it, and the feedback might be um, incredibly negative. But also vice versa, you could think something is you know not super exciting or super interesting, just based on your own taste, and then the community could surprise you and you know love the game. So I think it's it's basically our task or our responsibility to curate that list. I think you know we do a pretty solid job in, in terms of just identifying different games based on. Um, just different tastes i think because across the team and also across the community we've got all sorts of gamers that you know the folks that like only mobile games the folks that play the mobas you know the cheetos and um monster energy uh, fps players as well like sandbox in the crowd um and then it's it's basically the systems let's say um role to play to streamline that process for games it should also be low barrier for games right you don't want to make this like the hardest thing ever because then it will it will just be another extra task for a game to set up um and, and start utilizing that system so i think you know if i had to break this down um it'll be the content team plus obviously partnerships etc to build that curated list and obviously you know working with polygon directly we can always get the um, indication of what games they think will, you know, be successful, and what games they want to push forward, and what games need help um, with user acquisition. Um, so it definitely helps to tap into that. And then I'd say on the flip side, it's about streamlining the process on both ends. So kind of, you know, front facing uh, the game studios. It needs to be really easy to integrate. It needs to be super simple, um, and it it shouldn't be, you know, a hassle to get done. And then from the gamer's perspective, it should be, you know, super streamlined, very easy to jump into no hurdles, uh, you know, no tech issues, et cetera, et cetera. And I think over the course of the next few weeks, um, you know, we'll, there will be mess-ups. I will give everyone a heads up. Um, it's just the nature of these things. Um, there will probably be a few bugs. Some things may or may not go wrong, but I think um, we've got a really solid group of games that we're working with, and I think we've got a bunch of really exciting tasks and challenges that are going to come out of this. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm super stoked to show everyone what's what's been cooking for the past few months, to be honest. So yeah, man, it's it's a responsibility, but it's also a pleasure. I think it's it's great being able to do this and bring this to the space um, in the way that we're packaging it, in the way that we're doing it, um, with obviously Polygon and all the partner games. Now, so we've got some solid information that things might go wrong. So that was that's good to know. Yeah, that's uh, but the no, one I definitely. That you got from <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I think that. Um, you, you brought up a, an interesting point to do with the variants of games that we have now. We've got the sweaty games, we've got the casual games starting to come in, we're starting to see more on mobile. I know I've been doing a lot on mobile recently. We also see a variation on how Web3 is a Web3 game in terms of whether users are going to be expected to interact with the ledger or use their MetaMask quite often. How do you see a community such as yourselves who are directing people to these games, getting involved in some of that education just to make onboarding easier for those games? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I think, obviously, all of our 
efforts over the past, I'd say, two years um, or so have been to try and, you know, bridge that gap and educate. I think, you know, there's still some uh, work that needs to be done. I think, you know, a lot of the UX um, and especially with like the interfaces and being asked to jump through hoops and connecting your MetaMask. And if you don't know what that is, you got to set it up. And if you don't know what that is, you got to read about it, et cetera, et cetera. I think, you know, we, we've definitely gotten better as a space, but I still think there's, you know, a lot of, um, you know, room to improve. And so where we kind of come in is a, can we help by advising these games and telling them, Hey, you know, your onboarding process sucks, or, you know, this is taking way too long. If it takes me 30 minutes to jump into one match, then I don't want to play this anymore. Like that feedback is important, right? You got to be transparent. Cause I think, you know, if we just say all the games are great, then the games are never going to get better. So number one, I think that's, that's number um, one in terms of responsibility. And then, uh, number two is the education point which you brought up, which is now that you've got gamers in one place, whether that's your Discord or your platform or your mailing list or whatever it is, can you now educate them and, and show them step by step how they can do these things, right? If if they are asked to do these things, how can they do them? Um, and I think, you know, that's something that we're planning to work on. There's, you know, thoughts floating around an academy. There's a bunch of name titles flying around. Um, but all in all, you know, I think um, if you are trying to get into this space, if you're trying to jump into any of these games, if you're trying to get onboarded into Web3, but you haven't figured out how, our Discord is definitely a good way to start. But we understand, you know, not everyone uses Discord, not everyone is comfortable there. Um, and so what we want to put out is basically resources for the masses, right? Um, and we could even gamify it, right? Like it could be part of a quest in itself. It could be part of a challenge in itself, like being able to go through a bunch of chapters or whatever you want to call it, doing like a quick... Uh, two-minute quiz in the end of it like i think there's all sorts of stuff that we can do but yeah i mean you highlighted it i think that's that's one of the biggest issues in the space which is the games are just too hard to get into that like you know time to play uh factor i think it's ttp um which you know you look at playstation and xbox and uh, pc games it's, it's a matter of clicking a button you just click x or start or whatever and you jump into the game i think we're we're lacking that for sure so yeah i mean it's stuff that we just have to work on and you know we're we're happy to contribute on our side yeah, OG, they're touching on some fantastic ideas, but from the outside perspective of a, uh, a group, a community that can then go anywhere they want, they can play any game, they can play on any chain. So I'd like to follow this over to you, Ryan, Ryan about what you need to do specifically as um, a chain itself. You don't have quite the same freedom that Polka Starter Gaming has, where they can do all these things with these different games and these different chains. What, as a chain, do you need to do to lure um, games, projects of any type, and users to your chain? And a big thing that comes up in the space is interoperability. So what could you be suggesting to these people that could happen in one game that could lure those users over into another game, therefore facilitate more ease of user acquisition for people that do decide to bring their project over onto Polygon Gaming? Yeah, I mean, I think interoperability is kind of a loaded term um, and still not entirely sure. I think really any of us what that really, I guess, means. But I think what you're hitting on is, you know, gamers, um, because it is such a community oriented, I guess, industry, if you're playing, for example, like one MOBA, this one RPG might be also suitable or interesting for you. And I think that's from Polygon perspective, um, partnering with platforms that kind of enable that concentration of 
a lot of gamers and a lot of great content is just generally really important um, because, you know, gamification is is really key to it. You know, the education and onboarding piece, having that gamified in some sense, just onboards people in a lot scale more scalable manner than just, you know, working directly with Polygon and getting access to one game. So I'd say it's really important just to for us um, as a chain to continue establishing partnerships with partners that also have a real pulse into what's going on in the industry and have the relationships with games. And I think more than anything, what this comes down to is really just a level of professionalism that I think is needed in Web3. When I speak with game developers, and I'm sure, you know, Pokestarter has similar um, experiences, people are people doing business, and they just want to know that when they have challenges or questions, that there's a real legitimate person on the other end that's there to kind of hold their hand through it. And I think that's a really big part in just generally, like, step one of attracting talent is making sure that you're there and you're really that consultant and resource. Um, And then the other part of it is just also having an awesome platform where people want to come to and where gamers who are just, you know, naturally competitive and incentivized by, you know, questing and rewards and things like that can also have an outlet to kind of explore um, some other interesting entertainment um, avenues. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And the point that people look over a lot is the ability to ask others that are professionals in that specific part of the business space and the web three space i've spoke to projects before that haven't been so open to the idea of we don't know too much about say uh, what mint price we should be doing because we don't know the market we just play games and they've been too afraid to ask other people for their input as well so it's good to know that working with other people that are more in tuned with their specific niche of information within um, that space is always a good way to be building forwards. So you also mentioned of things to be excited for. So my next question over to you, Ryan, is what stuff does Polygon have coming up in the near to mid future that people should be getting excited about specifically for Polygon, not just Polygon on gaming, but Polygon in general? Wow, that is a loaded question. There is so much to be excited about. I wouldn't even know where to begin. I think first on the gaming side, you know, we have some new product and tech coming out, specifically Polygon ZKVM, which is early days, super exciting. I think just in the next year, two years, we're actually going to see a lot of games that we've been partnered with for a while finally get to market, finally launch these highly anticipated titles, which I think will help hopefully kickstart um a lot more um, gaming excitement. And then on the other side, you know, of course, Polygon is really focused on partnering with consumer and enterprise brands. And I think just generally the use case for loyalty and CRM, um, it's kind of intrinsic to gaming as well, but with big brands that want to start, you know, exploring the interoperability, I use that term, even though I kind of um, said it sucked, but, um, you know, interoperability of loyalty points for, you know, for example, um, like a Nike and maybe it's like a beauty brand or an airline. And so I think we'll start to see a lot of that and what potential that exists to cross over from games to some of these loyalty programs, I think is particularly exciting. Once again, still early, but I think there's a lot of partnership potential there and a lot of brands are really interested in gaming and consistently ask for introductions to the next web three game. And so with time, um, I think we'll just see a convergence and entertainment in general kind of span 
this idea of gaming, but then also just traditional brands and enterprise brands and, you know, ones that five, 10 years ago would have never, you know, wanted to associate with games, but now it's kind of all in this like really nice, interesting melting pot. So that in particular is what I'm excited for. And, you know, being on the BD team is hopefully what I can help um, drive in terms of partnership potential along with the rest of my team. That definitely sounds like we've got a lot to be excited for for Polygon and Polygon Gaming as a whole as well. So I'm going to throw the same question over to Omar. And Omar, you need to blow my socks off with what is exciting coming up in the near to midterm for Polkastarter Gaming, Polkastarter GG. Yeah, it's hard to uh, uh, go off after that. Um, you know, I like to keep stuff for our Discord, so I'm, I'm not going to spill too much, but over the next, let's say, actually a couple of hours um, leading into next week, there's going to be a, a big announcement. Um, I think we've teased it enough. Um, it might be time to, to let people see it. Uh, so that's number one. Number two is, I think, just you know, continuing to work within this um, ecosystem that we're now building. You know, We talk about Polygon um, as a, you know infrastructure or chain partner, but you know, we're working with Magic Eden as well. So that kind of covers on the marketplace side. Um, and all the other infra partners. Um, I think it's, it's super exciting because everyone's own vision is kind of starting to come to life. And, and so it's now starting to make a lot of sense. Um, and you're starting to see a lot more partnerships come out of, um, you know, the Web3 space. So yeah, I'm super stoked to keep building what we're building. I think on the platform side, um, you're going to want to keep an eye out. There's always stuff being updated, whether it's just on the content um, front but also even on the feature front um, and I'd say I'm excited to see everyone's feedback to be honest I'm, I'm super stoked to you know we, we did a private test um, 30 40 people got to see uh, some stuff that's super cool super early on but I'm excited to see like just the masses you know perspective whether it's good or bad to be honest because I think it helps us um, the sooner we get it the better because um, we'll we'll iterate will improve um, and the goal from the beginning has always been to just improve the web3 gaming experience i think you know we do a lot of things um we're on multiple fronts but if i had to simplify everything that we do it's essentially just to improve the web3 gaming experience um so yeah i mean i'm super stoked about that keep an eye out over the next couple of hours for another announcement another update and then over the course of the next few weeks um expect to be playing a lot more games for a lot more let's say uh, at stake and um, I think yeah as a game studio as well if you're listening in if you're tuning into this um, definitely keep an eye out would love to you know chat and see how we could drive more gamers to you but yeah man you know there's you know you know more than anyone George um, there's tons of stuff cooking so yeah I'll keep it at that well, Omar, you managed to blow off at least one of my socks there. Great job with the upcoming events for Polkastar Gaming. So we're coming up to the end now, so we're going to start with the usual wrap-up. So Ryan, if you could let us know, where do people need to be going to find out all this up-and-coming stuff that's going to be of interest to them for Polygon? Yeah, definitely um, keep an eye out on Twitter from Polygon and just our wonderful ecosystem partners for any exciting updates. And if you have any just, you know, one-off particular questions, feel free to reach out to me um, on Telegram at Ryan, R-I-A-N-R-A-B. Um, but yeah, we're, we're open and um, we have a lot of exciting things coming down the pipes. Awesome. I can't wait to keep track of what is coming up for the Polygon lot. And Omar, where do people need to be paying attention to to get all the information about Polkstarter Gaming, Polkstarter GG? I thought that was your outro, no? Or 
Or am I meant to blow up the, the other sock now? You can do the basic part because then I've got to say myself <laughs> next, sir. Yeah, it's yeah, the fair, order fair. of things. <laughs> fairs, fairs. Um, yeah, no, just uh, pokestar.gg for all your gaming content needs. And then join the Discord if you're just looking for friends to play games with. Uh, there's tons of people in there that will help, um, whether you're new to Web3 or you know if you're Web3 savvy. And then, yeah, I'd say it's not really an eye i was gonna say keep an eye out on on this uh, weekly podcast that we've been doing i call it podcast because it's about to change uh it's gonna it's gonna shape shift very soon but yeah enough enough about you know, exciting announcements pokestar.gg uh this twitter handle twitch youtube wherever you like consuming gaming content you'll find us there back to you uh mr sockman <laughs> Well, now you're going to get to hear some more of that, but with a bit more showmanship to it. So as OG has touched on, make sure you're all going over to polkstarter.gg. We've got news, we've got guides, we've got reviews, we've got everything you might need to know about Web3 gaming and even just gaming in general. So it's one of the best places to go and start. Obviously, follow all of us on Twitter for more updates and fantastic content. It's definitely myself, George, in the meta everywhere. This has been Press Play Podcast, soon to be found on all of your favorite podcast listening softwares. I hope to see all of you come back next week for another episode of Press Play. And until then, I'll catch you then and goodbye.